At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Better off. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 164 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I'm joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So this week, the Mets are so back. <laughs> They're good again. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Inconsistent. Oh. We got <laughs> After weeks of like miserable game, like playing by the Mets and just like terrible slogs of podcasts talking about the Mets when we didn't want to talk about the Mets, the Mets have given us something good to talk about uh, for once. And it's lovely. Um, They're finally playing like the 2022 Mets, like the team that we thought that we were getting this. This is what we thought we were getting. Um, And we got it so strongly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this week well thank god because there's only so many ways you can say the Mets are bad I know um it's it's just been a horrible slog with the with the mostly with the pitching um and the offense like you know wasn't really really it wasn't really consistent I guess like the, it would it would be it okay never, for times but then it, it never fired on all cylinders like it wasn't nearly enough that they could guarantee a win when they did eke out a decent pitching performance Exactly. Um, And, uh, you know, the week obviously started poorly after losing yet again on Monday, um, which is hopefully the last time we see David Peterson (laughs) on a big league mound for some time um, and opening the series against the Rays with a loss as well, in which Justin Verlander pitched a bad game. So, like, the the vibes were, like, peak down because – in addition to all their horrible play from the week before, uh, the Red Series, the National Series, all that nonsense, um, Verlander pitched poorly in the in the opener against the Rays, and it was yeah, like, that was was a real gut punch too because you did want to see him take some little step forward, and then he just did not do that. Exactly, um, it was a really bad performance. Um, the Mets are, and in both those games, you know, the Mets were down from the jump which was seemingly what was happening every single day the Mets were just giving up first inning runs all the time <laughs> well they still are to be and they still, exactly. was say, no, that is still, still a, happening a persistent problem that the Mets rarely score first even in games they win they're constantly coming from behind 
um, which made for some exciting games this week, but it's still not <laughs> sustainable. It's not ideal, no. No, um, but they did, after Tuesday, rip off a five-game winning streak. Um, In like active, the most dramatic way possible. They can't yeah. be normal. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't be normal. All five of those wins were by one run. Two of them were in extra innings. <laughs> <laughs> How many were walk-offs? Was it also two? I think it was just two. those two. Okay. It was Pete yeah. and Lindor, I think. Pete and Lindor, the two extra inning ones. Yes. Um, yeah, so starting with Wednesday's walk-off victory in which Kodai Sanga pitched his best game as a Met, um, he struck out a dozen Rays hitters, and the Mets came from behind on three separate occasions to win it, um, which culminated with Pete Alonso's walk-off three-run homer in the 10th inning, which was that... I mean, Wednesday was the Mets best win of the season to that point by far. Like the, they hadn't had any exciting wins like that. Like that was the first game that I was like, all right, this is like, this is like something out of the 2022 season. Like the 2022 Mets are in there. I see them. They're in there. <laughs> I mean, if every season can get a little bit of magic at some point or another, and it just felt like there had been none, like there had been no none. magic. There were some hard fought victories, but nothing magical at all. Yeah. And then Wednesday's win was like a, a magical one. And then they ripped off like four more excellent wins after that, including yep. like exciting wins. Um, and Wednesday, the other thing about Wednesday's game was that, uh, they, like I said, they came from behind on three separate occasions. And the first two times they came from behind were home runs from Mark Vientos and Francisco Alvarez, the now uh, so-called baby Mets <laughs> Um which I think have played a huge role in this resurgence. Uh, it's just been, you know, I, I will admit when I am wrong, I tweeted when, when the Mets brought up Mark Vientos, obviously Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty were obvious call-ups, extremely obvious call-ups. Um, they had a need at the position that those two guys were playing and they called them up. Uh, and Beatty arguably should have been in the big leagues to start with. Um, Vientos was a less obvious call-up, I thought. Um, like, there wasn't really an obvious roster fit for him. Um, they were going to need... They ultimately sent down Luis Guillorme, which, um, I mean, is fine. Like, obviously, the Mets are playing well right now, so don't change a thing. But, like, I felt like that was kind of a an unfortunate thing. Like, Luis Guillorme kind of drew the short straw here. I felt kind of bad about that. Um, but I suppose in the dire straits that the Mets were in, they could not afford to continue to roster a defense first utility infielder who does not provide much offensive pop, um, to a team that was struggling to score. So they brought up Mark Vientos. He contributed immediately. Um, and the Mets started playing better, <laughs> um, so I, I'll admit when I was wrong, I said it was like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic and they were just making this Mark Vientos move for the sake of making it, which is what I thought at the time because the vibes were at an all-time low, but I, I was wrong. do sort of think that's what they were doing. <laughs> and I think it just worked. It was, I, yeah, no, and I think it was just kind of like that. that's the magic. And also like Vientos is the one of the three that isn't really like done anything yet, but he's also been up for the shortest amount of time. But you know, I just feel like I don't think you were actually wrong on that. I just think we did not account for the possibility of magic. It's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Maggie on this one. Like, because I still feel like he has to prove himself because he was so overmatched last season that I'm still not convinced he's a viable big leaguer. Whereas I think the other two have done enough to prove that they that they are. Yes, I agree with and that. The, and again, like even if it is just vibes, I mean, this team's vibes were so so bad, <laughs> um, yeah. like really, really, like that. Um, I mean, I think that could be just what the doctor ordered. Like that could have been enough. It was a 180. It's it's just a complete 180 vibe shift. Um, well, it's like the dumb and dumber. Like, just when I thought you couldn't be any dumber, you go out and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. And it was like complete, like, they don't like, and how, like, suckers are we? Like, this is all it takes to pull us right back in. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, like baby, the Mets are in playoff position right now. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. The crowd was electric. The crowds all came back to City. They said it felt like the playoff game at City Field. Like After I bet a bunch of those people were like, I am never going back to see this team again. <laughs> like, it takes so little to, to pull us back in. But you know what? I mean. Yeah, no, sign me up. Yeah, I was going to say, how could you deny that, like Maggie said, there's always that little bit of magic that this team somehow, some way finds, and it's contagious. You, I mean, it's palpable. You can feel it. Like, even when they were behind, it wasn't like the, the other games. You could tell something had shifted these past five games, where in the, like, in the past year, like, they're taking terrible at-bats, like this game is over, but this time, like when they came, when people, when the game was tied, and then all of a sudden the defense just started like making every play on the on the field. Like it was like it was just incredible to see like how bought in they were. Because even when they when they were losing, it also reflected in their defense and their backs, just them like you know looking miserable on the bench. But now everything changed it wasn't just you know the offense it was literally the entire team buying in yeah absolutely um and it's the the crowds like flocking back to city field (laughs) uh reminds me of uh, a a tweet that i made recently this this was like when the vibes were still really bad um and the original tweet that I quote tweeted was clearly about succession. Now I don't watch succession, so I don't have like any context for all the memes. It's just like the most like online show right now that like everybody's talking about. Um, But someone tweeted about the latest episode of succession. Brilliant true to itself hated every single millisecond will never rewatch congratulations and fuck you to everyone involved and i, I saw you tweet that. and said me after every mets game <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect brilliant true to itself hated every single millisecond <laughs> will never rewatch congratulations and fuck you to everyone involved <laughs> that was exactly how i was feeling at the moment and all it took was the these like a stupid couple of walk-off victories and like Pete Alonzo being Pete Alonzo to pull me <laughs> right back in again. Well, and if we're talking magic, I mean, it starts and ends with Pete. Like yeah, I, he has some sort of a spiritual tie to this team. Like I swear his vibes are the team vibes and vice versa. Like yeah. you cannot have one without the other. I cannot explain it. Yes, which is why he cannot possibly get to free agency because no, what will God, happen? No. Like, I don't know what this team looks like without Pete Alonso on it. When like, you find just... a player who will hump your dugout railing, <laughs> you keep him. Yeah, exactly. You keep that man. You keep that man. You do everything you can to keep you that reinforce man. that railing. Yes. A long season. <laughs> yes. Like, when do they all eventually tumble onto the field because he broke Oh, it's it? happening. It's happening. <laughs> He's it's breaking sort of like the, whole the thing. inverse of that Ike Davis move. Yes. <laughs> Where they all come out instead of him falling in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, the Mets. Like, feel... I don't want Pete to suffer, but like if this is how he plays, like high on cold medicine. Oh yeah, really got that man to get well. <laughs> I mean, that is basically greenies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, if that's the new sticky stuff, then I guess I'm up for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's not just the baby Mets contributing, although, like, and the thing is, is that, like, Francisco Alvarez, so we could talk about Francisco Alvarez for a second, because... He's been fantastic. He was a huge part of these, of of all of these exciting wins. And the Mets might very well send him down in, like, two weeks. Which would be a crime. I have to tell myself they're not going to do that. That, I mean, assuming that he does not have a massive cold streak the next couple of weeks. I, I still hope they wouldn't, but I can kind of understand it. But barring that, I, I just have to believe that this team is 
built a little different than that. Oh my God, don't prove me wrong, Mets, please. Yeah, please. Don't be that stupid. That would be a Will Pond. This would be a Will Pond thing if they send him down again because he has options and the other guys don't. This would be a Will Pond thing. But the PR nightmare at this point. Like, he doesn't belong in Syracuse. There's nothing for him in Syracuse at this point. Nope. No, his, his defense, defense has, has been, been great. Fun. Yeah. He's built a good rapport with the pitchers. They're happy to have him out there. He's... Yeah, remember when he didn't start the season in the big league because he needed huh. to work on his defense, okay. and now he's like one of the best ca- uh, framers in the league? Well, and uh, they, so Scherzer said he specifically wanted to work with him. So, and yeah. he's been there every day, catcher, at this point. He so knows the staff he... better than Narvaez now. Yeah, so how can he go from being your everyday catcher to being demoted to Syracuse? I don't know. I, I I'm just nervous. I'm nervous. Maybe it's Wilpon PTSD, and I uh, these concerns are unfounded. But I'm nervous about it. Um, they probably were thinking it because for some reason they didn't want to lose Gary Sanchez. But at this point, you just he's yeah. proven he's proven to them. Don't send me back down. He's played I, his yeah. way into staying in the big leagues, and so now it's on them to figure it out. I am not nervous about Gary Sanchez. I'm not I do nervous think I do think that was just a temporary thing and they just called because Michael Perez has options and like Gary Sanchez is just as good of an option as Michael Perez. Like that's fine. Um and I think and he was gonna opt out and so they called him up and he's just here for two for whoever comes back first, Nito or Narvaez. That's fine. Um I'm worried about when both Nito and Narvaez are back, what they do about it. Um I think that they I don't know. They have to they have to trade Nito or do something because they they cannot send Alvarez down. They can't do it. They, it would be horrendous if they did that. Inexcusable you, shit. Yeah. You're gonna jerk around your future catcher for Tomas Nito. Who they signed to an extension and bought out his arbitration years and gave Narvaez this player option which he's almost certainly going to exercise like they've trapped themselves into this situation yeah yeah it was a pretty it's it's a head scratcher how they went about that we said the whole time that it was weird this it did this seem like a lot of catchers yeah like <laughs> what we, if they made the whole team out of catchers <laughs> <laughs> like i always felt that that was the most puzzling offseason move that they made was the narvaez signing um and the especially the player option and the Nito extension. I felt like that was strange behavior. I felt like that was a team that did not believe in Francisco Alvarez as its future. But now it's like they've gotten to the point where it's undeniable that he is the future. So like And certainly that's the better problem to have. Sure. Of course. But it's annoying. It's still annoying. That that nervous feeling that they're not going to make the right decisions still remains. Well I kind of feel like it wasn't so bad because Alvarez is still so young. So they kind of gave them that safety net um, that if, you know, he did need a, like another year in the minors or whatever, or, you know, if they weren't planning to call him up until September, you know, this year, if he really was still struggling, um, they gave, they did build in a safety net for that, but he proved them all wrong. So now, you have to work around that. You can't put that on him that right. he sped up your timeline. And I suppose like locking up Nito for for cheap like does increase his trade value in the sense that backup catchers who can frame, who can defend, a, a team is always going to be looking for that. But the issue is, is that with Nito's eye problem, he like basically erased all that trade value by not playing like a major leaguer for the first part of this season. I'm I'm feeling increasingly like that was not really his fault because he had this eye issue. But like that's still a problem because if Nito had just been like regular Tomas Nito, which is like a bad hitter, but not an unrosterable one. Um, and a good, a very good defender. If he had just been regular Tomas Nito this year, then the Mets wouldn't have had like an issue dealing him. I don't think for something useful, but now they might have an issue dealing him for something useful. Yeah, who knows if this really corrected the issue? But you hope it does, but we don't have proof yet that his eyes are fixed. Didn't he hit a double or a homer in his like first at bat? 
in his he mind did, like, I rehab so. assignment. <laughs> I mean, I imagine <laughs> I imagine they're going to buy themselves as much time as possible. Yes. And like give, you know, Nito the longest possible rehab stint and like see if maybe like Gary Sanchez like twists his ankle or something like just trying to buy a couple minutes here and there and then Sanchez will be the first to go and then when Narvaez is back I mean they'll do the same thing they'll give him as long as possible and then see if well I I imagine it's probably a few weeks like maybe two to three weeks before it's like a true immediate crunch someone's got to go yeah so it is still time again I like seriously though Alvarez the set if he goes if he has like an over 20 like forget it he's gone um it would not be a good moment for a, a cold snap but I yeah. will try to will into the universe the opposite yeah please make the right choice Mets don't like we please hit a thousand home runs starting tomorrow um, that's the other problem, though, is he's the only legit power threat outside Pete in the lineup. Yeah, like, yeah, like every other bug, like every other person in the lineup can run into one every once in a while. But to be, I, mean, I guess maybe Vientos, but again, he really hasn't shown it at the big league level. So you need another legit power bat in that lineup that have been like he's already what like third in the team in home runs. I think so, yeah, behind Pete and Lindor. Lindor is a legit power threat, I'd yeah. say. Not quite to the level of Pete Alonso, obviously, but, like, he well, actually has a respectable number yeah. of home runs as opposed to everybody else who has, like, two or three. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, just, they were desperately lacking another power bat, and now he gives you that. Do you want to take that away again? Yeah, I sure as heck don't. The Mets, part of what is fueling, it has been fueling these these victories where they're coming from behind, winning by one run has been the Mets are finally hitting home runs. Yep. Um, no coincidence, I don't think. It's not just, although Pete Alonso is primarily responsible, it's not just Pete Alonso. Like, everyone's hitting home runs. Like, Francisco Lindor hit a home run. Brandon Nimmo hit a home run. Eduardo Escobar hit a home run. Marte uh, hit a home run. Marte hit a home run yesterday. That was the that was the difference in the game. Um, after they went behind, he hit a two run go ahead homer. Like Marte Starling getting it Marte. together would low key be a mm, another clutch. massive boost to this because he is starting to look a little more um reasonable. Starling yes. Marte looks extremely back. Uh, his his uh, boneheaded pickoff aside on the bases, um, he looks very back. Like Although he's I finally hitting the ball. He was hard. out the second time too. Oh, I think he was out the second <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, they got away they with that. They got yeah. away with that. Um, the yeah, base so. running all weekend was was pretty special. Yeah, questionable. <laughs> it on was both something sides. I haven't seen much of before. On both sides, the Guardians also ran the bases horribly and mm-hmm. ran themselves into a double play that was, like, basically the reason they lost that game. Yeah, that was crucial. Yeah. Um, on that Ahmed Rosario liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's, it was atrocious base running by both the Mets and the Guardians in that series. Luckily, the Mets came out on top and swept. Um, and, and, like, I... I hope to God that now we're not playing the guardians for a while again. Like, can we like not do the trade discourse every time the Mets play the guard? Like, it's well, just I have so a question awesome. for you, Allison. Are they going to play the Mariners this year? Yeah. I don't know. I maybe they, I hope they're going to play every single team every single year. And we get to have it with every single team. The Mets have done a big trade with I and have we a get to rehash over and over. I can't wait until Pete Crow Armstrong is in the majors oh there's another one the Mets <laughs> the Mets play the Cubs this week so I'm sure there's good even though Pete Crow Armstrong is not is not there I'm sure that we're gonna have discourse yep because we have to have discourse about but the Mariners that's the one I'm not looking forward to man oh my god how long how many years does Ever. it have to pass do I have uh, before I have to before I can stop looking at like people tweeting Jared Kellenick stat cast data for 30 plate appearances I'm so over it well, wait, well, it's okay both teams benefited it's fine uh, whatever I don't I like super don't care no I love Edwin Diaz and I'm very happy with Edwin Diaz so I legit don't care I love Francisco Lindor. I don't care what Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario are doing. I wish them the best. Yes. I do not care. I was really what happy they were doing great last year. That that warmed my heart. They seem like decent guys. I'm happy they 
we're doing well. I'm kind of bummed they're not doing so well this year. I'm super duper happy that Francisco Lindor is ours and he's awesome. So I feel like what is there to argue about? Nothing. It's okay if both teams benefit. You don't have to win a trade. Yeah, like you don't have to be so obsessed with winning the trade. Like the, the, it's really the point okay. of a trade is that both teams get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally why people do trades. I will say Ahmed Rosario's defense in this series. Woof. Oof. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the Ahmed Rosario that I remember. <laughs> it seems seems like the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Very fast. Uh good good hitter. Uh, very bad at shortstop. I don't know why they moved Jimenez off shortstop to play Ahmed Rosario there. That's questionable to me. Yeah. The way better defensive player. Just um, goes to show you that it's not just the Mets that do weird, stupid things. Weird things. Um, I think the other um, big positive to take away from this week, um, in addition to just like all the vibes and these fun excitement, um, is that after um Tuesday's debacle with Verlander, he bounced back and pitched eight innings, eight brilliant innings yesterday. Oh, he was so good. Um, well, that's the thing with both of them. We finally Scherzer, got yep. the two aces that we were expecting. And the fact that they did it back to back on the same day. That was pretty cool. That like, was special, yeah. It was special. Like to get like uh, so Saturday was a rain out, and so Sunday became a doubleheader, and you got uh Scherzer and Verlander pitching back to back. Back to back, like marquee pitching matchups. Uh you you got uh Bibby against or Bybee. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Bibby or Bybee. I think, I think it's it was Bybee. It's by uh, Bybee against Scherzer, and Bybee's really good, and uh, and Bieber against uh, Verlander, and obviously Bieber's one of the best pitchers in the American League. So that was very fun um, to get those two pitching matchups, and they were, as advertised, they were both pitchers' duels. Um, so that was very fun, and to have the Mets come out on top and have Scherzer and Verlander both pitch brilliant games was this is it's like this is what we've been waiting for. Like, this is what the Mets signed up for. Um, well, that was like that one spring training game that Buck had Jake start and Scherzer finish. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, <laughs> like, there was nothing that could like ever top that because they were both like brilliant. And it was like, oh, now it's all downhill from here. Because <laughs> then Jake, of course, got hurt. And then we never had them like in the rotation at the same time. Um, so I feel like this was just like a little bit of karma because we lost all of that last year and we lost it already for a chunk of this season. God, I hope that that doubleheader was not like the one taste we get of our co-aces. It kind of like the the one turn through yes. the rotation of the five aces. I hope this isn't another iteration of that. I need it to be like a lasting feeling. Yeah, like please, not just once. Give us something. Yeah. Like, Since we were robbed of it last year. This is what we need for the team to be successful, like straight out. Like nothing. I mean, like obviously all these other things are important. Like Francisco Alvarez continuing to produce in the majors, Brett Beatty continuing to produce in the majors, Starling Marte turning it around, Pete Alonso continuing to hit massive, massive bombs. Like all of this is very fun and very important, but I would argue that none of it matters if Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are not themselves. Um, that is primarily what the Mets need to be successful. And hopefully we are there finally. <laughs> There's something about Verlander on the mound that reminds me of Matt Harvey. And I can't pinpoint what it is. I don't know if it's his windup, his mound presence or something, but I don't know. There's like very, or though maybe I guess Mount Harvey would be him since it's Justin Verlander came first. <laughs> he came first. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he modeled himself after Verlander. Who knows? But I don't know. It's just, it was weird. It was, I turned on the game and it felt like I was watching Matt Harvey pitch. He's I mean, just, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. He's just a vintage ace in a way that you don't see a lot. Um, like, it's just like, he's been, he's been the same pitcher basically his whole career and he's had success his whole career with just doing, doing the thing. <laughs> um, like he's very good. I, 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 ESPN, as much as I hate their broadcasts, um, did show one really cool graphic where it showed like basically Verlander's like vertical release point is like the highest in like the major leagues, like he releases the ball at the top and it just drops down. 
it has like the most movement from top to bottom because it drops from so high because he just goes comp- like he goes 100% over the top. There's mm. no like side arm slot, none of that stuff. He just pitches completely over the top. And so the ball comes from so high up and it gets so far down. Um, it's kind of it's kind of nuts to watch. It sounds like a nightmare to try to hit. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I would I would pee my pants. <laughs> um Although we should also talk about Senga too. What a brilliant performance Senga had. Yeah, like we we Senga kind of got lost in the shuffle, but really, I mean, that was up until Verlander's start. That was probably the best pitching performance of the year. Yes, I would argue yes. Before that, it was the Lucchese game, and then it was the Senga game, and then it was the Verlander game. Um, and yeah, no, it was bril- he he struck Especially out the Rays. He struck out 10 raised batters. It's the best offense in Major League Baseball. He struck out 12, um, which is a career high for him and the most strikeouts ever by a Japanese-born Mets pitcher. So that's very cool. And the Mets have had a, a fair number of Japanese-born pitchers in their in their history. So it's not like he's only competing with like two other guys. Like that's a pretty historic achievement. Um yeah. So it was exciting. Um I still think like when it comes to Sanga, I think that there I think we have to expect some inconsistency. Um which is essentially what a third starter is, right? Like there are times where he looks like an ace and there are times when he looks a little more human than that. Um and that's kind of what a third starter is. And so I think we can't expect to see that type of thing all the time from him, but you get it once in a while and when you get it it's really magical. Um, According to Sarah Lang, um, his ghost bar fork is the hardest pitch to hit in the major leagues. That does not surprise me one bit. Yeah. Like it <laughs> induces seem to the, be its whole thing. Yeah, like it induces the weakest contact in the major leagues by a wide margin. Like it's not even close. Yeah, that's not surprising. Um, the the issue is obviously is always going to be his command of it. Command, yeah. Um, yeah. He ha- he doesn't know where it's going half the time, uh. But when he can command it, that he is absolutely lethal. Um, and yeah, it's special to watch when he's nice when season he's prediction is still looking good. Yeah, no, it really <laughs> is, Linda. It really is. It might come true. It's true right now, is it not? It is. I think it is. Yes. Um. So Linda predicted that Kodai Sango would lead the team in strikeouts. Um. And right now, that's looking pretty good still. Um, I both hope it's true and hope it's not true. Yeah, the other two just want to start striking out the world. I won't be that upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The other um, bit of Mets news this week that may have gotten lost in the shuffle with um, everything that's been going, everything that's been going on on the field, but we don't want to lose it in the shuffle of this podcast because this is a very important bit of news for this podcast. Um, which is that both the Mets and the Yankees at long last have added locker room for s- facilities for female employees, um, which is something that uh, uh, to quote, you may have been today years old yeah, when right? you found out <laughs> they did not that have if one. you were an, an on-field trainer for the Mets and you identified as female that you wouldn't have a locker room available for you, but now you do. Now you do. So cool. When yeah. the buck quote was good too about that. Something that should have been done a long time ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. That sums it up. Yep. Both uh, Buck Showalter, which is uh, nothing more needs to be said. Um. Yeah. Uh. You, you guys. Uh. We will. We will link the article for this in the show notes and the tweets, and you should check it out. Uh. Elizabeth Ben is the header photo for this article. Uh. So that made me. That made me smile to see that. <laughs> um. So yeah, finally, this is like this is a no. This is one of those like no brainers where you're like they didn't already have that. Come on, like, easy, easy W. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the Oakland Coliseum like two years ago on this podcast, or at least it feels like two years ago. I don't know if it actually was, but it feels, well, it's also it feels one of those that things way. that is such a major obstacle to like. Um, real inclusivity and like real equity for for female employees or potential employees um you know to be able to go into a workplace that is built for you um that's the kind of thing where if that's if you don't have that you're gonna lose out on people who deserve their jobs and that sucks and is the opposite of inclusive so thank you to the Mets for no longer being the opposite of inclusive so that's a perfect segue. The opposite of inclusive is a perfect segue to our next topic, um, which is the opposite of the opposite of the opposite of inclusive, <laughs> which is um, the Dodgers Pride Night fiasco. Um, if you've been living under a rock for the past week, um, the Dodgers announced, I guess, when was it that they put out the statement like last week, like earlier this week? Um, the Dodgers Just like three or four days ago. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers rescinded an invitation to, uh, to their pride night to the sisters of perpetual indulgence, uh, who are a well-known, uh, San Francisco order of queer and trans nuns. They, they use Catholic imagery, um, in their, uh, in their dress. Um, and that, group is like really well known for its community work uh, in uh in the lgbtq community um and uh the dodgers just decided to disinvite them because the uh because uh marco rubio and a couple of other people were upset about it <laughs> um it was basically the catholic league which is like marco rubio and like one other guy um yeah, it really is one of those organizations that like moves around millions of dollars, but it's like a 60 year old who's been at this for 20 years. Exactly. Um, And like, you know, obviously none of these people part of the Los Angeles Dodgers community. Right. Yeah, these are on. like yeah. outside forces uh, raising a fuss about like wokeness or whatever. Um, uh, And when they didn't like it in the first place anyway. Right. It wasn't like everyone else was like, okay, it's like, all right, well, then we won't, you know, make a fuss about your pride night. No, they're going to whine no matter what, but they wanted to give a little extra bonus whine. Exactly. Um, so in response to these complaints about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being conclu- included in the Dodgers pride night, um, the Dodgers said uh, the following in a statement in part. Given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion in our evening in an effort to not distract from the great benefits we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. So I guess the Dodgers just thought they could sneak this in there and nobody would notice it. Um, It also seems like, hold on to your hat, I missed this one earlier, but 
like it could have been Rob Manfred's idea. Ooh. Like it appears that they had gone to Rob Manfred first, which like that tracks, man. That yeah. tracks so yeah. much. That Rob Manfred would absolutely be sitting there like, yeah, sure thing, Mr. Rubio. Definitely. Oh, drag tons. That sounds icky. That's like, offensive. Jesus I don't like Christ, that. You idiot. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, like most people, like I, I think the Dodgers just like they were they were somehow blindsided by the uh backlash to this. Um well, I think because part of the re- um in hockey they were able to get away with it. They all canceled their pride nights and they were like, oh, people are, you know, religious beliefs, blah, blah, blah. So they canceled their pride nights. They canceled their pride jerseys. And there was, there was pushback, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't anything that was enough to make them change their minds. So I think like other leagues were watching that and seeing if they could get away with it too. So I feel like maybe this was just another organization testing the waters to see what the response would be and good for everybody to, you know, actually call them out on it and hold them accountable for it because that is not what happened in the NHL. Yeah. So people got uh, understandably very pissed off that the Dodgers did this. Um because you know it's it's a slap in the face to the LGBT community on LGBTQ community on on Pride uh, during Pride. It's a slap in their face, and people reacted obviously very negatively to this. And so as a result, the Dodgers. Well, first of all, the Dodgers did one of those like we didn't realize people would be so mad, and it's like <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, and they're like we're working very closely with the group to find a way to make this right. And yeah, okay. <laughs> it turns okay. out like that's how you make it right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after uh, obviously a lot of people gave them pushback on social media, spoke out about it, wrote the, the, the fans wrote lots of emails to the Dodgers about this. And then um, and then things other things started happening, like L.A. Pride pulled out of Pride Night. <laughs> uh, so when you get like local pride groups pulling out of your Pride Night because you did Pride Night poorly, like I think you probably should reevaluate your priorities um and so then they just literally earlier this evening like an hour before we started recording um they released another statement saying that they were re-inviting the sisters of perpetual indulgence they say quote after much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities honest conversations within the los angeles dodgers organizations and generous discussions with the sisters of perpetual indulgence the los angeles dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the sisters of perpetual indulgence members of the lgbtq plus community and their friends and family we have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at, t- at our 10th annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night on June 16th. Um, so they've reinvited the sisters, which is great. And it's awesome to see that, you know, the pushback worked and they were shamed into doing the right thing. Um, but it kind of goes to show that, like, this was always about money for them. Um if they didn't get this backlash, this would have, they thought that they could, again, they thought that they could sneak this in without anybody noticing. And they would have gone right ahead and done that if they didn't get so much pushback from, uh, from folks who would have participated in pride otherwise. Um, but they want that sweet, sweet ticket money. So. Yeah. Like we know how they really feel at this point. Exactly. The they already showed fun. their ass. They yeah, can't exactly. show it. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, you know, this is this is a, this is the like really cynical side of pride that it's become like a lot of it has become this like corporate thing. Um, yay, capitalism. Um, yep. And it's like this rainbow capitalism. And it just goes to show that MLB teams are absolutely not allies. They will like they they will like basically kneecap pride if they think that it will still bring in the 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 money without pissing off Marco Rubio. Which makes the presence of folks like Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence so much more important because yes. they are a great example of a local organization that does two things. And one is that they completely reject that 
um, entire like um, market type approach. Like they're not, um, they're not selling to anybody. They're doing their thing. And their thing is the other thing is work is like, they're doing the work. They're not raising awareness. They're not, um, you know, making merch. They're like out, like literally on the streets at times, like hitting the pavement, doing the work. Yeah. Like they're not, not doing this for shock value. They're, they're doing this because it's their community. And that's who the, and like, that's who they're serving. And like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And it was, it was upsetting to see the Dodgers cave to bigots um, who, like Maggie said, were never going to be satisfied by like, you think Marco Rubio is suddenly going to show up and like with a rainbow flag on pride night. If the, as long as the sisters aren't there, like, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> These are people that if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. They are seeing what they can get away with. They will stop at nothing. They will continue to find things to be upset about. That's their whole deal. And like as a Catholic, this goes against all of Jesus's teachings. Yes. And I don't understand why people keep associating religion with this like did you you like you say you're all you know you know christ follower well christ would be the first one out there with the with the sisters of the perpetual indulgence 100 uh we my parents and i had a very similar conversation last weekend when they were here visiting dc um you know for the for that terrible rain out Mets Nats game <laughs> um but we went to we went to uh you know uh, uh the local bagel shop um on i guess it was saturday um and um down on the same block as the bagel shop is a restaurant that always has drag brunch and you know they've been having drag brunch for years without issue of course recently it's on somebody's list <laughs> proud boys some terrible organization it's on their list and so protesters have started showing up on the street outside the restaurant Ugh. every weekend um terrible awful hateful people showing up every weekend and what's been awesome to see is that the my neighborhood where i live my community has shown up and and made like physical barriers of of human beings between the protesters and the restaurant like there are people who every weekend without fail they show up and they just stand there to make sure the protesters can't get too close to the restaurant, which is awesome. But it shouldn't be necessary, obviously. And so, you know, of course, the protesters have these signs. They're, you know, they're the Westboro Baptist Church style. I don't know if they're actually Westboro Baptist Church people, but they're those style signs, the showing showing the things that, like that are terrible, terrible, hateful things on the signs, but make reference to religion, right? And my dad, we were walking by and my dad, you know, was Catholic for his whole life. Um, we were walking by and my dad said, Jesus would be having drag brunch right now. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Very true. And it's like, preach it, dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, that's exactly that's exactly it. Like, it's just it's so horrible and hypocritical and it's so frustrating. And um it sucks that the Dodgers like even thought that they could get away with this. And like, yeah, it's been made, it's been made right to a certain extent to the sisters, which is good, but you can't like, like I said, they showed their ass and they can't unshow it. Like, you know what they stand for. They stand for money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> MLB teams are not allies, unfortunately. No, um, the players have to be. So it would be nice if more players spoke, spoke out. out would be great if players spoke out um instead you have now players... taking applications for mentions of the week yes, yes. <laughs> thank oh, you can, i have a listening. feeling canna might get one i was gonna say it can't just be mark canna out here supporting pride and ty walker yeah we're gonna be paying attention to you mets in june who's very vocal about pride and who's not uh no, well, we know one who won't be <laughs> brooks Raley. anyway um <laughs> uh before we move on to walk off wins, 
Um, we uh, we wanted to shout out the fact that Maggie is going to be on opposition territory with Jeff Warren dropping tomorrow, Tuesday. So by the time you hear this podcast, that podcast will probably also be out. Oh, um, so you should catch Maggie with Jeff. Jeff is always just a a joy to chat with. Um, I've been yes. on opposition territory a couple times too, um, and it's it's always just a fantastic time. Yeah, he's a he is like the only good Phillies fan. Um, <laughs> hey, my mom. And he is my mom, and he is very good. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a great show to be on. I talk a lot about some of the things, same things that we are talking about here, giving some kind of bird's eye view stuff because talking to a lot of like at a bunch of Phillies fans. But yes, if you want some Apato doubleheader, uh, definitely check that out. Opposition territory. Are they bitter about David Robertson? Because somebody jumped into yes. Allison's mentions. But they were nice. Like I bet he was nice about okay. it. Okay. I mean, no, this I, is not the same like, person who was in my mentions. No, yeah, because you got. Oh no! Should we call a shot? I wouldn't. I don't know if that person has a podcast, but I don't think I'd go on it. They do. They do they have do. a podcast. We're not gonna. I. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the bigger person yes. and not name and shame. Um. But yeah, no. It's, it's certain Phillies fans like are very upset was, about David Robertson for some reason. <laughs> this was a good natured. Sure wish we've gotten that when he was around. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I bet you do. Which is totally <laughs> fine because there's like, you know, no. the reverse of that happens to the Mets all the time. So I know that feeling. I totally yeah. get it. I know of what you speak. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Um. But uh, before we end the show this week, uh, we will do walk off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Maggie Wigan, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, I have kind of a doubleheader walk off win of my own, which is um. So on Saturday, I had two wonderful social engagements. Um, and the first was my mom took me to New York City Ballet, um, which she does every Ooh. year for my birthday, and it's always amazing. Um, and we saw if there's any ballet nerds in our listenership, we saw the new Justin Peck. And it was like with this um, very kind of iconic Aaron Copeland music. And it was amazing. And it was actually, I mean, even if you're not a ballet nerd, um, it's a really good kind of fun entry level, like modern ballet that is not like very like kind of arch and esoteric it's just really fun um so it's copeland dance episodes uh and it was and it was just lovely and it was always wonderful to go with my mom i mean we've literally been doing it since i was like a teenager um so a very important thing for us to do together um and then afterwards i saw a friend of the show ruth who is in from toronto um and we were supposed to go to the baseball game which we did not because it was pouring buckets um but uh, we just we grabbed a drink in Midtown and uh, saw a couple other Twitter folks. And it was just it was a lovely way to spend an evening. And um, it's always fun to connect with online people in real life, especially when they are just as wonderful as they are. Um, so that was just an excellent uh, way to spend a Saturday. I uh, I saw all of Ruth's photos from when she yeah. was in New York, and I got so much FOMO. I I'm so happy that she got to see so many folks that we all that we know and love in the uh, Mets and New York baseball uh, Twitter community. That was so happy to see. Uh, yeah, I hope she had a good trip. Um, she had two baseball games on Sunday. In one day, in one, day. In one day, I was very impressed. I will also say. Um, her eyebrow or her eyeliner game is even better in real life. Oh, I've never it always seen looks impeccable. Like it. Incredible. It's the best eyeliner I've ever seen. So, yes. Shout out to Ruth um, and to the New York City Ballet. Um, Linda Servich, <laughs> what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, I was not able to see Ruth because I had a bridal shower on Sunday, which was in a backyard. <laughs> Oof. And, and so where was it? It, there was a tent, thankfully. Okay. Um, but I did get to wear my fancy hat again. I was so excited because that was the tea party themed. It was actually really cute. Um, to, they had like the little finger sandwiches and scones. And um, so I think it was her fiance's family. They bought a hat box of all the grandmother's old hats. So they passed out all the old hats. So it was actually, it was really cool to to see like all the old styles and stuff. It was, it was really nice. And then my cousin's getting married in Philly 
in June. So I was like, oh, I could go to the Phillies game if they're playing the Mets. And they're playing the Mets the weekend after I'm there. So I will not be going to the Phillies game when I'm there in June. But um, so that was my first walk-off win. Uh, but my second walk-off win um, is yesterday um, watching the Met game. Uh, after the game, I heard those notes I instantly recognized of them playing LA woman after the victory, which they did in, um, in 1999, um, because of Mojo Ryzen. And I just started sobbing, um, because that was the team that made me first love the Mets, that 1999 team. And to remember again, like why I love this team um and, you know like it was a really like this season has been miserable like no fun and then just to have that fun back and to have them like bring back um mojo Ryzen, it just like it hit me like oh i really do love this team and um and then apparently uh, thomas messaged me he said they played taking care of business right after it which is synonymous with the 06 team so it seemed like they were trying to bring all the magic back that they could possibly find and keep the keep the vibes going. Um, so I really hope they I do love, you know, um New York groove um after after wins, but the it was just I don't know, LA woman hit me that it just it bought it all back. And you know, maybe they can capture that magic that that 99 team had because they started off poorly after a big off season and all of Bobby Valentine's coaches got fired and then they went <laughs> on an incredible run. Uh, they were behind the Braves. So it's like, you know, history's kind of repeating itself here. Um, so yeah, so like, I don't know, like, it just made me so emotional hearing, it just brought me back to, you know, hearing it at Shay reverberating around and it, like all those memories. So thank you, Mets. Can you play it again for me? <laughs> Maybe when I'm there, even if I do start sobbing if I see, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, even if they do keep it up with both with taking care of, I was never a fan of taking care of business. Cause like, they're not taking care of any business. They're losing. <laughs> um, I know that um but I, I know that has a special place in a lot of fans' hearts, so I won't take that from them. Um and I also like that the eighth inning sing along is backstreet boys now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's I I also that alone would be a walk-off win for me, honestly. The voting I mean, on the eighth inning song is really good. I like that. Uh, yeah. And Escobar and Beatty were singing along the backstreet boys. <laughs> yes, that was really perfect. That was like a very wholesome moment. Yes, so the vibes are back. The vibes are all the way back. Vibes are back. Um, and this is uh not to go back to the the not to circle back to the Mets segment, but like you kind of reminded me, Linda, of a point I was gonna make when we were talking about the Mets and like the vibes and like, oh no, they're pulling us back in. But it's yeah. like I think that it cannot be emphasized enough how much the National League is a pile of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so all the Mets have to do is play like okay, and they probably will win a wild card. Like the Mets have been as about as bad until this week. The Mets have been about as bad as you can imagine for this team. Like when you construct this team on paper, what is the worst possible outcome? Basically, what already happened and. All it took was a good week and they're back in playoff position because the rest of the National League is a steaming hot pile of garbage. Oh, um, now the Cardinals are on a run. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I will ignore that. I will choose. That's not our problem. No, no. Um, Somebody else's problem. And even the Braves, who I like, you know, I'm not. We talked about this and how the Braves are basically gone at this point. I'm still considering them gone for my own like mental health. Like I can't scoreboard watch the Braves when like the Mets are still so no, far no. behind One them. One never should. But something that I think is important to point out is that like the Brave like the Mets were were up until recently in a pretty terrible pitching situation, the Braves are now in an even worse pitching situation than the Mets because they have two major starting pitchers hurt and they up until I think I think they are going to call up Dylan Dodd to pitch some more, but they were pitching two bullpen games a week. Oof, that is oof. just not sustainable 
Like the Mets were at least like, yeah, they were forfeiting every time they pitched David Peterson. And yeah, they would, they were throwing like Joey Lucchese, Jose Budo, like that cycle of guys out there. And it wasn't great, but like the Braves were throwing two are th- currently throwing two bullpen games a week to try to get through this stretch without two of their main starters. Now the starters that they do have that are healthy have been excellent. And that's part of why the Braves are where they are in addition to their incredible lineup but like keep in mind that the Braves are not exactly in a great situation right now well they're also I mean look I fully expect the Braves to win the division but their lead isn't half of what the Mets lead was for much of last year right (laughs) like that's you know and again we all know how that ended I think this will end the same way but it, it's not like they've run away with it. Right. Exactly. So I'm not trying to pretend like I'm not like being like, we can win the NL East, guys. Let's do it. But I am saying that like the Braves are not impenetrable. Like it's they have they have issues, too. They're probably not as pronounced and they're probably not enough that the Mets can make up this deficit. But it's I mean, the Mets would have to really nail the trade deadline and the Braves would have to whiff. Yep. Which are both possible things to happen yep. if unlikely. Yeah. If unlikely given given precedent of last year's trade deadline. Um but yeah, unlikely possible. Anyway, uh so my walk off win is also Mets related and vibe shift related <laughs> this week. Um which is just I mean it's not just this moment. It's it, we already kind of alluded to like how how Pete's vibes go, the Mets go, um, and my walk off win is kind of a testament to that. Um, <laughs> after uh, Pete Alonso's walk off homer, he got the usual uh, on field post game interview from Steve Gelbs. And Pete always ends his post-game interviews, on-field interviews with LFGM. He always says, like, LFGM guys, LFGM guys, thanks for coming out. Like, he's always saying that. But this time he just dropped a let's fucking go Mets <laughs> as loud as he could into the microphone on live television. And it injected so much life into my body. <laughs> Even the crowd, like, started cheer, like, screaming. Oh, it was so funny. And also, the Mets are undefeated since he did that, by the way. Yes, I'm keeping track. It is true. (laughs) Um, Undefeated in the Pete pisses off the FCC. And and certain New York, uh, certain boomer New York sports writers who I will not. Oh, no one tell Marco Rubio about it. Yeah, no one tell Marco (laughs) Rubio. Um, that Pete said fuck on TV. Like the censors not the F word. Are they not on a five second delay anymore? No, I'm sure they are. I don't know. I mean, like I heard it on TV. I heard it. My mouth dropped open. I I wasn't paying attention. Um, so they didn't have time to censor it. Like you know, (laughs) then he was so high on cold medicine. He was probably like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like that's that's part of it too it's just like the fact that pete accomplished this and continued to carry the team while he was feeling horrible um i just felt i just felt so inspired by that because like that during that same time period as you may recall i also had a terrible cold <laughs> so i was like if pete alonzo can hit a three-run walk-off bomb while feeling this crappy i surely can get out of bed well, everybody was like, "Whoa, well, well, somebody if Pete can hit a home run. I can stay awake to watch it." Exactly. <laughs> well, of course, there was the or the pearl clutching, like, "Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?" It's like you say, you say, "Don't repeat that word," and that's the end of it. Exactly. Put the children to bed, people. It was like 10, it was almost eleven o'clock at night. What children were up watching? That Which, to be posting. fair, there's nothing wrong with keeping your children up until eleven o'clock to watch an amazing baseball game. Just like there's nothing wrong with dropping an f bomb when the moment calls for it. Yeah, it's just a well, it's a well placed f bomb. Yeah, it was. No fun. That's what I say to my kids. Is it a hurtful word? I don't think so. Not in the context. Right. No. So yeah. yes. Um, as the, lo- as the local parent, I say it's fine. <laughs> yes, I defer to Maggie, local parent. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just absolutely begging the Mets to extend this man, like post haste. 
um like like you said he was so earnest too like thanks for coming thanks for sticking with us we really appreciate it like he really does just like Maggie said he's the vibe of the team and the fan base he and Lindor have been so like good with that this week just like thanks for sticking it out with us he and Lindor have both been saying that yeah um yeah and the the just the post game interview vibes in general this week. Obviously, the Mets have played a lot of exciting games with a lot of like uh, on field post game interview moments, worthy moments. So it's been very fun. But like just the the content has been incredible because you got the PF bomb, and then last night Francisco Lindor was being interviewed by ESPN, and Justin Verlander came <laughs> running onto the screen and went, "Stop." him so many questions come on and like basically dragged Lindor away <laughs> yeah um Justin Verlander single-handedly ruining ESPN's post game was a highlight chef's kiss uh yeah it it was like Justin Verlander handshake emoji everyone watching <laughs> what uh wanting ESPN's broadcast to end <laughs> <laughs> like it was so perfect um yeah, so that's that's my walk off win. It's just like Pete, Pete being Pete, and these post game interviews, and just like the general vibe shift of this team, and and that moment sort of rep- encompassing it all. Um, yeah. Um, so that does it for the show this week. I'm glad we could finally have a mostly happy show. Um, you can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic pods. You can support our work by going to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. Please consider supporting the show. Um, you can follow Home Run Applesauce on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servish. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Home Run Applesauce and you should find us right there. Please rate and review the podcast. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets and don't forget there's no crime.